You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sleepy Hollow After Show. Hey there, sleepyheads. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Sleepy Hollow after show. What what dance are you doing? <laughs> this is horse hooves. That's horse hooves? Yeah. You have to watch the video because Jackie is doing the most wonderfully lifelike horse hooves with her hands. <laughs> um, this is episode 105, John Doe. I am Matt Lieberman, and joining me on the panel, as always, are the fabulous and wonderful Miss Jackie Borowski. Hey. And the hilarious and talented Mr. Stephen Lemieux. Steven? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Steven is out. here. Just, just switching cameras. You know, I wasn't sure if you had caught a plague or something. <laughs> Look, man, I haven't been in contact with people from the 1700s. That's good. We well, don't know. Uh, you went to a Carolina. Yeah. And there was a missing Roanoke there. That's I was, true. I did go to North Carolina, and I tried to visit the set, but and it did not work out. And first of all, okay... Thomas, our little boy, was from Roanoke, which went missing in 1587. So it's the 16th century. Thank you very much. You're super welcome. I am a super nerd. Anyway, we had a big episode tonight. Uh, We finally got another horseman in the mix. I think we got a big move forward. What could have ultimately been a disposable, like, you know, uh, just plot of the week, plague of the week, monster of the week, whatever... Uh, wound up being, I think, a very substantive episode. There were a lot of surprises, a lot of new questions, um, and we a whole bunch of news was released about the show this week, so we got a lot of news and gossip, so we need to jump right in. Uh, Pestilence is in the building. This episode was awesome. House. Yeah. Like, uh, it was awesome. I love, I love that they're taking all these history things and wrapping them up in a nice tight bow for the audience. Like, as soon as they were like, the Lost Colony, I was like, Yes! Yeah, because that's a real, real legend. Okay, so this it's means, the- guys, I'm rooting for Atlantis. Someone finds it. Something really? About Atlantis. But that has nothing to do with American history. It doesn't matter. Okay. I want missing things to be discovered. I mean, granted, <laughs> with this show, they're throwing everything at the wall, so yeah. they might as well get to Atlantis at some point. Illuminati. Hey, totally. I, I could totally see Illuminati coming into this somehow. Well, the Illuminati, you know, much like the Masons, probably tie into American history far more than Atlantis. <laughs> but I, I mean, I still like Atlantis. I just figure. A discovery as big as Atlantis would sidetrack a lot of the plot. Maybe there are apocalyptic things in Atlantis that need to be released and brought to the surface. All I'm saying is every lost culture can't be in Sleepy Hollow in a lake somewhere. Maybe we'll find Vikings and we'll have the Headless Norsemen. Ooh, the oh, the headless Norseman and many, and many Hessians. Yeah, Punjar. Oh, yeah. And now with that, I guess we're what? It's six bucks? Five fifty. Five fifty. I, I want to say six. Yeah, I think we're at six. Let's bucks. round it up to six. All right, we're at six bucks. Uh, um, so the 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 show opens, and Steve and I had a debate about this before Jackie got here, and I want to hear your take. So, uh, the little girl that Pestilence uses to lure young Thomas out of the community of Roanoke, didn't she kind of look like a young Jenny Mills? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like flipping out about it and I'm like, I don't know if that's possible. What does that mean? Plus the connection of purgatory and everything that we learned about it this week from Katrina, but we didn't learn enough about it because God damn it, Ichabod had to get better before she could give him his damn answers. Um, there's a, here's my question about okay, the go, little go, go. girl though, because he mentions Virginia Day who mm, dare Virginia dare. dare. Sorry. Um, we talked about that too. Uh. So in Roanoke. Mm-hmm. When uh, Abby and Ichabod are there, and there's the little girl who's holding out the plant to Abby. Mm-hmm. Abby's the only one who notices her. Now, that's the same plant 
that Ichabod touched earlier that when a human touches it, uh, it shrinks and shrivels for many, many days. This girl is holding it and it is not shriveled. So we, we were, were like mind blown. Right. We were trying to figure out, does that mean this girl was the the old hounder, the, the evil girl? Well, it looks like she's not that. But then we thought maybe she's Virginia Dare. But also we find out that everyone in the colony was dead. So I really think that was kind of like a clue yeah. to us that yeah, these think, people are not alive. Yeah. I think it was a clue to us that they're not alive. But I thought I interpreted the Jenny looking girl as Virginia Dare. But why, after protecting the community for so many hundreds of years, why would she lure one of them out into Pestilence's reach? Maybe maybe she switched sides, or mm. maybe... I mean, I didn't see the girl as malicious. That was the other thing, too. It's like, I didn't see it as a purposeful luring. Interesting. So, I mean, that whole... I, I mean, since they never really mention her and but the other problem is she did look a lot like jenny mills so that whole question is and i feel feel like that that casting was purposeful right yeah and it's it's also that they're very careful with what they do with the makeup and Mm -hmm. that girl who lured him in was very made up so it was either going to be it's either going to be the problem with it being jenny mills is because that was so many years ago i don't see how she could she could be taken over by moloch during those five days she was missing, lure the boy out and the boy yeah. being out now as opposed to when she was when she was a child and lure, taken over by Moloch. Mm-hmm. But what I also see being kind of possible is Moloch taking the form of a girl or Pestilence taking the form of something. That's entirely possible. Yeah, pestilence that. turns into black smoke, as we all know, can turn into other things. Yeah. I have a theory, mm-hmm. and you guys can tell me I'm... Bat shit nuts. You're bat shit nuts, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we we already knew this, but so my theory. That's why we love you. I know. Well, my theory, because we learned what we from what we learned about purgatory this week, and I apologize to those of you at home who are expecting a chronological discu- dissection of this episode because it, it it just won't be. There's too much to yeah, talk there's about. There's too much information. There's We're topical t- versus. Right. So I I apologize. We're gonna try to stay on topic, but basically the topic is Sleepy Hollow, the series, uh, as much as it is this episode. What we learned about purgatory this week and that uh, Moloch is kind of in charge of all these souls that he is he's deciding whether or not they go to heaven or to hell. I'm wondering, did Moloch potentially take Jenny's soul and potentially Abby's soul when uh, when they were knocked out for four days? I feel like no. And here's why. Okay. Okay. There's a whole theory thing I've got going on. So I feel like no, because they were, they're, to me, they're still the witnesses. Yeah. And I think, though, that if you are, if you are a big supreme evil being, you can imitate anybody you like. You can take any form you like. I feel like maybe this would be a foreshadowing to him being able to imitate other people. Hmm. So maybe in the future, we will see, like him take the form of Jenny or of Abby or of Ichabod and um and cause like confusion that way. Yeah. And I think though I because I still think these two girls are the witnesses, especially because in the end, Ichabod says she she's saying Abby's saying to Ichabod, um uh Oh, I forget what Abby says, but he says, he says, you made this happen with your belief. You made this happen with your belief as the witness. There's no mention of him as the witness. And he's basically saying, you did this. You, you were able to solve this. He's he's basically saying that he's not crucial to the process. Right. And that she could do this even if he wasn't here. And she, of course, says, no, stop that. You know, it's just as much you as it is me. Right. Um, You mind if I throw something in there? Never. Never, Stephen. Go ahead. Um. What did we learn last episode about Moloch? He was he was who people sacrificed their children to. He was the sacrificial lamb oh, of yeah, children. Yeah. That's true. And then we see this girl who's luring a child. I mean, a lot of this episode had to do with children. I'm just going to throw that out there and see where your minds take it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. That's entirely possible. I'm wondering, you know, if Moloch is in charge of these four horsemen, or at the very least, uh, is related to them. 
that Virginia Dare, the first child born in America, would be the first one targeted by pestilence mm-hmm. um, and to die of it and then to have this spirit come back. I think that that's all very telling. Yeah. It's all very telling. Moloch is very much tied into this whole history. Um, and what if I take it one little step further? How little this, of a this step? This is all kind of speculation. Everything we say is speculation. The, yeah. the guy in the Old English, she was, it was the young one who was the first to die. Well, pestilence came and he spread pestilence. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> pestilence came but, and he spread posies. But where, where does Moloch <laughs> come into this? Moloch, what if they sacrificed Virginia Dare to Moloch to end the pestilence? Well, the pestilence... How how developed was was the plague when she died? I don't I don't remember them exactly saying that it had spread to everyone when she died. I mean, I, it spread in the real world pretty quick, so I right. yeah, safe to I, say a bet. Yeah, I I got the feeling that the whole town was suffering from it, and that's when that's when everybody moved over and everything moved over yeah. and they were saved. The the fact yeah. is though, we'll never actually know whether or not that was the case because we're never going to see these people again. You know, after right. after the plot was wrapped up, after we found out that they had all been dead and that their souls had were just kind of trapped in this other version of purgatory, uh, that they're they're just they're gone. We're not gonna we're not gonna get that answer. But I, I, I do agree it is an interesting possibility that they prayed to Moloch, they sacrificed her to Moloch, uh, in order to end the pestilence, and maybe that's what gave her her gift as a ghost. Well, what to if, lead them to safety? Well, it's still speculation, but if they sat, there are every every um every demonic book and every demon scroll that people think of, like contracts. You form a contract with the demon. Mm-hmm. What if Moloch was the one protecting them from pestilence, but it was because they sacrificed the child that he was forced to. But then he needed he wanted to release pestilence. So he created this girl to lure them out because that was the only way that he could that they could be out because they were still protected unless they left. I don't know. Sorry, it's total craziness. Oh no, because I I just think that Moloch is bad. Like I think he's overall like I don't think he has. Any, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I don't think he has any like he has any benevolent thoughts. I think he's just big like I eat babies. Blah blah blah. He's trying to bring about the apocalypse. He just wants he just wants more souls. I know, but I'm I'm just saying there are rules. Okay. So if there's rules and Mo- even Moloch has to obey contracts, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Who knows? I think he does have in a sense that they had to use the book to bring forth like the first circle of hell. The seventh, seventh. circle of hell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it, it's we're not entirely sure how much power Moloch has cuz here's the thing. If he, he has to have a lot of sorry, I don't know. But he okay, my question is he has to have so much power that he can overtake purgatory. Moloch can't be the normal person or normal person, normal entity that overrules purgatory because Moloch is from hell. So right now there's a hell because purgatory is neutral. Purgatory is right, in between. Right. So right now they like Katrina has admitted that he's running purgatory essentially. Yeah. So he has to have enough power that he's come in and taken over a place that's not his realm. Well, he is a version of the legend of the, the ferryman that brings you over safely to hell yeah. and into the afterlife. So either in this universe, he's in charge of ferrying you to the afterlife, whether good or ill, or you're right, his powers have increased to the point that he is holding dominion over purgatory. Um, and what a creepy, and they keep going back to the, to the forest and this motif of these deep, dark woods. What a creepy purgatory they've realized for themselves with just these like shadowy figures stumbling around in the distance, lost. You know what's interesting to me is, uh, I don't know if you guys, have you guys read the Narnia books? Uh, no. One or two of them. Um, in, in Narnia, the, in the magician's nephew, which is the first book chronologically, but I think it was like the sixth or seventh book. It's one of the towards the end written. Okay. But, um, before Narnia is made, there's a world between worlds and that world between worlds is a forest and it has like little pools and that's how you get to the different 
worlds is through that. And I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of like Narnia, hmm. World Between Worlds. Aww. Well, that's it's it's a very Christian faith based uh, book series, and so he believed in purgatory. Uh, C.S. Lewis did. I would like to talk about our characters, if I may. Uh, Abby. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not allowed to talk about Abby Mills, uh, our kick-ass heroine, who finally is kind of believing in her role in this in this grand scheme. Uh, she pleads with the Lord this uh, to uh, this week in a show of faith that we've never really seen. Yes. And it is kind of rewarded, and it's 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 left to the audience to decide whether or not God heard her prayer and is her ally in this fight against damnation, or was it happenstance that that woman came in? We didn't see her face. No. We didn't see the woman's face as she dabbed the holy water. Um, and for a hot second, I totally thought, okay, holy water is the fix. <laughs> let's just get a whole bucket of holy water and let's just start dumping it on people. But it kind of was in the sense that they they decided they had to be baptized. So mm. when when you think of the water, I mean, that particular water, I'm not sure was it wasn't like blessed or something, but they they referenced the phrase baptized, meaning yeah. that there's there's some sort of holiness to the water, regardless of whether or not there was like a priest actually blessing yeah. it. I I think this is the first time in pop culture that I've ever seen a religious plague kind of like this. Like when the kids showed up and it was a plague, and I saw the promo last week. I thought, oh, man, Black Plague. Mm -hmm. Black Plague's coming back. I don't know how, but it is. Uh, and instead, it was something far more insidious. Um, and, like, so creepy with the black veins and everything. And, like, you know, as you die, pestilence runs yes. you down. Not cool. Not cool <laughs> at all. Dude, that where the guy died with his eyes going black and things like that was crazy. Yeah. I know. Worst way to die ever. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So so we get the boy. He's his name's Thomas. Thomas. And Thomas. Uh, it's it's an old Middle English. Oh my god. And can I just say Love I want Middle that. English I want Middle English to make a comeback. What a beautiful I know. language. I know. Beautiful. Ichabod makes it seem so sexy. I'm like, ooh, you talk to me in Middle English. Mm-hmm. Ingloin and the subtitle, <laughs> take your pants off. I mean, uh, I actually tried listening to what they were saying as opposed to reading the subtitles because it makes sense. It you does. can understand yeah. it. Yeah, especially the uh, the elder Thomas's father in the town. I, I caught far more of it when he was saying it than when uh, Ichabod or the boy were saying it. And, and this, this is another way that science fiction shows really get their audience involved is when they use... Like, I mean, there's Trekkians who can speak Klingon fluently. And there's there's so many, like, languages throughout different science fiction stories well, uh, that bringing something back from actual history and hearing people speaking it fluently and things like that, it's awesome. Oh, well, hold so on cool. a second. Hold on a second. First of all, first of all, Trekkians... I'm just gonna. Trekkies? I'm just gonna Trekkies. let that Trekkies. sit there. Trekkies. No, Trekkers, because they have self-respect. Um, the other thing, I'd like to define this show real quick. I would not call it a science fiction show. It is a fantasy show. Okay. It, it is a fantasy show because we're dealing with magic versus technology, and I know that out there there are sticklers, and most people they're rolling their eyes right now. Uh, but don't because <laughs> it's important. It's important to label such things. It's a fantasy show. It's a horror show. Um, and I'm excited because there isn't entirely enough of that. You get like the fairy tale stuff on ABC, but other than that, which you should still watch, which you should still watch. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, Jackie B here is on once upon a time in wonderland. And it's apparently a great, great show. And I'm going to check that out soon this no, week. It's a lot of fun. I am. I promise. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, but not as much fun as this show because this show is the most fun. And you guys are awesome, awesome fans. Yeah. Um, we got a little like tension from D Bag Luke this week. I, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why? I know. But who was on the end of the phone when he called, he called Oxford? That is, that is like this episode. And uh, again, like I love this show. Was that Katrina? Show. I have no idea because I love this show because it, it introduces just like little nuggets where you're like, you just opened a big door. And now we need an answer. Right. Because I thought, OK, he's starting this investigation and he's going to find right. out that Ichabod isn't who he says he is. And but the person on the other end totally confirmed he worked or he worked at uh, he, or, he, or that he works there. That he works there. Yeah. yeah. 
presently. Yeah. Which is crazy because that's that's so not the truth. So I'm wondering, it's I mean, it's not Katrina because Katrina basically said she's dead this week. Yeah. She's not just trapped there. Her soul's trapped there. She's dead. Yeah. She's dead. Um, which you know, as as like a hubsend, like that's like that's screwed up because he's still in love with her. She is dead. She's okay. not. Okay, okay, Ichabod, move on now to Abby. He can't move on. He got to kiss his dead wife this week. He got to get you know some sweet soul on soul action. You can't see my face, but I'm really ready for lip smacking souls. But he touched Abby's back when he helped her cross the water. Oh, I know. And there was eye romance going on. Yeah, well, uh, eye romance or not, there was soul on soul, lip locking action this week, and he's gonna figure out how to get Katrina out of there. Uh, hopefully, you know, I, I I hope that Luke, that that Abby doesn't go back to Luke because Luke's no. such a turd. Maybe a such little a turd. Uh, maybe a little prediction for you guys. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we did see in the in the tra- in the scenes from three weeks from now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I say that so morose. Uh, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go off about yeah. that later. Oh uh, yeah, you, uh, we know you will, Matt. Um, that we see people who capture Ichabod. We see all these scenes, but people who know who he is. I feel like the Coven has been waiting for his return because it signals the return of the Headless Horseman. Yeah, and they might have had people stationed at the university to. Wait, wait, just waiting for that question to be asked. But they they had no idea what excuse he would give, or the unit, uh, or that he'd even find the police. But he was a, he was a professor there for sure. Sure, yeah, he was like there. So there, the university might be in on it. Yeah, I I don't know. All all I'm saying is that unless they got people in the police department, like unless unless Luke's partner. Who's like trying to get him not to investigate it yeah, and Luke's to just be a good like, guy? Yeah, Luke's partner is like trying to get him to not be a d bag, but yeah. Luke is like, no, really, I am captain of the d bag. Exactly. So unless Luke's partner is a member of Good Coven and he's the one who set that whole thing up and they, they have plants at Oxford and whatever, okay, uh, that I'll buy. But unless that's going on, there's no way they could guarantee. The, sh- the writing on this show is too smart to leave a plot right. hole that. Well, then big. there's right. then there's. Is it Frank, right? Yes. Or Lando oh Jones. Steve. Frank yeah. Irving. What, what the what the new guy we meet who's who's uh who's actually backing Frank's decision to let Ichabod on. Yeah. He says, Well maybe there's something our captain knows that you don't. And that kind of leads me to believe that Frank knows a lot more than we think. Oh, he definitely and does. Frank might have even set that backstory up to boost his credentials with using Ichabod because you know there's no way he'd be able to use him otherwise without it being a valid source. But that doesn't track because then why would he be in their way so much at first? I think he I think part of the thing is he was in their way so much at first uh, To force a bond between them? No, to kind of just to, I mean, he's to kind of show crap. that he's not that he doesn't know as much as he knows. He doesn't want to play his hand. Hmm. And I think if he if he outright said yes, I believe this crazy theory, then they'd be like, okay, no, well. no. I think I think uh, not to totally discredit what you're saying. Um, I really think that he didn't know. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. I think he knows a little bit more now, but I think he's more trusting in Ichabod now that the things he's he's seen yeah and especially after this episode with people being cured after trusting Abby after he trusted in Abby um what's also interesting about this this show is the people in the town gaining faith and that was a big theme was Abby having her faith and you really need your faith and now Frank has his faith it's like what if we need the whole town to have faith so to stop the apocalypse like what if it's a more widespread thing but that- frank just totally buys into some of this stuff like this episode i felt like was frank's total like it was a turning point for yeah, him yeah he was totally like he was totally like abby i'll help you out yeah sure like that doesn't sound too crazy at all yeah like okay, that's i inserted that part, that's but. the difference between his behavior this week and every week before every week he's given her enough lee uh, enough rope to hang herself with he's given her time He's given her a little leeway. This was the first time he was like, 
okay, I'm going to help you break these guys out of the hospital. Right. Um, which, like, when they st- when she stole the the ambulance, did you totally have under the dome flashbacks? Yes, and the cabin in the beginning. I was I having know. all kinds of under the dome flashbacks. I know. Uh, I have no idea what percentage of our audience on this show <laughs> watched under the dome or our after show. So we'll keep that to a minimum. But we have deep, deep love for the people who came on board from that. Yes. Anyway. You should check it out if you're bored. You should, because it was a great show. It's on Amazon Prime streaming already. What? Super convenient. How dare you be that convenient, Amazon Then watch Prime. our after show. Yeah. Speaking of streaming services, many of you may be watching this on YouTube. We love your comments on there. We're, we're so happy to have such a passionate fo- following and fan base. And awesome. Jackie and I have been just going at it all week responding to your comments uh, and we will continue to do so because we love having a conversation with our fans. And thank you to s- all the fans who have written us up on iTunes and given us amazing five-star reviews. You totally rock. Uh, and if you could keep it up, we'd love to continue to be uh, in the top ten for the fifth week in the row. Uh, we wound up slipping down to number three. Guys. <laughs> guys. Gals. Guys. We can't. Guys and gals. Exactly. Guys, dolls, we can't let this slide continue. We must maintain. We are that awesome. You are that awesome. Sleepyheads rule forever. We must maintain sleepyhead superiority. (laughs) So head to the iTunes, slap us with a five star rating, let us know how much you love the show, keep us searchable, and let our bosses know that you want your voices heard. You want more of us. You want more Sleepy Hollow stuff. You want guests. You want set visits. Make it happen. Get the word out. We We love you. We actually may be getting a very nice guest in the next few weeks. Yeah. After they wrap filming, we'll be going to. There are some rumblings. So, I don't want to spoil it, but... Don't say it. I know. I won't say it. We I'm, can't say it. We we have to wait three weeks. We have to wait three weeks <laughs> until we can say it. Um, uh, but I do want to say... Yeah. Let's throw some AfterBuzz TV shout-outs. Please do, Stephen Lemieux. Oh, can and, I do a shout-out to oh, Mar- yeah. Marita from... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. From Norway. I thought that was cool that we had a, a, someone from Norway watching our show. We like to hear where people are from. It's yes. the Headless Norseman! Oh, my uh, gosh. This Punjar. Steve, yeah, but that's like double Punjar because yeah. he did that before the show. Oh, yeah. So that's like, that. what, that cost double? So hey, now we're up to seven? I did that during the show. The one I did before the show was... It was raining when I watched this, and it was... October showers bring May flowers. Punjar. Yeah. Yeah. 750. Jesus. Okay. We're getting um, a little bit too expensive here for that. No, you're the one who's getting expensive. <laughs> you're getting expensive. We, no, we curbed it. I'm we were like. you. All right. So I want to give shout outs to Meg Capay on, you, on iTunes. <laughs> Silly woman one. <laughs> you done, Matt? Steve muted Matt and there was a rant and you guys missed it. <laughs> the look of shock. <laughs> On my face reads volumes. I am hurt. I am betrayed. Go on. Okay, so shouting out to Silly Woman 1, Meg Capay, classic R&B lover, and Nikki Rocks number one. Got to give you guys shout outs for iTunes. I love you, iTunes people. I can't believe you just muted both of us. And I was laughing so hard I was drooling. Oh, that's funny. Um, I want to give shout outs to, uh, uh, I, I want to give shout outs to Muggsy Bones. Muggsy Bones, thank you for reaching out and sending us an awesome piece of news and gossip. We got a lot of that, so we're going to try to continue to speed through. Uh, also, shout out to Ryan Wittalson, who's been keeping up with us and chatting us up on the Twitter. Thank you. And CamelotCast, who sent out a couple of theories, and I want to bounce them off you guys. Sent us a couple of theories actually today. Uh, he heard a sleepy theory that John Cho is from The Good Coven. Uh, Andy Dunn, character name. We're trying to be good about that. Um, and that the horseman killed him and Moloch brought him back. That's why he's working for Moloch. Not because he was in Bad Coven, but because his soul is now owned by our faceless beast. Thoughts? I could see that because, first, that scene where um, he is having that tussle with Abby and he basically kind of, like, apologizes for it. Yeah. And then when he's after the kids or that kid and then the other people... um, he was apologizing for that as well. Yeah. I feel like he, I feel like that would be true. Like he flat doing... out said he was trying to protect her. 
Yeah. He and was I, trying to save her life. And I feel like he's doing things maybe that uh, now that he's not even like in control of. That theory is terrifying in that we can't trust Katrina at all. I'm okay with that. Well, that's because you're a hard, you're like, we ship, but you hardcore ship. I do. I yeah. do. I'm a, when I decide that two characters are meant to be together, I decide it. Yeah. The letter it. writing campaign, it's enormous. Yeah. But that's just, that really like, that makes anyone from beyond the grave untrustworthy. I mean, then. Yeah. Anyone then if you who look dies. At, if you look at Corbin, if Corbin's ghost was telling her to not be afraid of 41, what if Jenny's still working for Moloch at the moment? Then? Oh, because man. Because Corbin was... Which totally leads back to the girl at the beginning of this episode. I'm serious. I know. That was so weird. They, she really... It has, to, it has to be something if all three of us yeah. looked at it and said, that looks like Jenny Mills. Like, yeah. you don't cast like that and without a reason. Let us know if you if you thought the same thing. Because, like, come on. Like, it, it jumped out at all of us. Yeah. Did you just mute me again for a no, second? No, I'm fixing your levels. Okay, well, thank you. Um, And, by the way, where is zombie andy like yeah he's in a hoodie in next episode <laughs> well it, it, he's he's coming back and that's uh that's one of the the news pieces um which i i guess do we want to do we want to just jump right no, into not that yet. all right good we still got more we but still, I, so. I do yeah. there was a fan though who said doesn't anyone notice that there's like a dead cop's body missing and everyone's just kind of like la 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 too nope. many scary things because going on. because the person who works in the morgue bad coven Oh, good, good call. Right? Wouldn't that be the first place you'd install somebody if you're working for a guy who deals in in souls and dead people? Yeah, like that makes sense. Of sorts? Yeah, totally. No, that guy is is definitely in bad coven. Uh, and w- what else? What else we got this week? I'm just I'm pouring over it in my head, dude. So they walked on water. Yeah, oh, yeah. like totes, like totes my goats, dude. Another bit of uh, of Christ stuff that we got, and kind of tying into the theme of belief for the week. Well, it was the symbol of the voyage. It was the symbol of the Mayflower voyage mm-hmm. that was from England to the Americas. Was that was Gothic that cross, cross, cross yeah. that was on the trees that signaled to Ichabod that there was a secret passage? Total Indiana Jones moment. I know. Total national Ichab- treasure yeah, moment. Yeah, Ichabod knows everything. He's super, like, smart and resourceful. <sighs> Love me some Ichabod. Dude, yeah. when they walked through that and there was the freaking Roanoke, I was like, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. that was no. awesome. He was flipping out. He was so excited. I was flipping out. Uh, they were caught in, like, weird, like, you know, zero contrast world. Yeah. Where everything was super white. Um, That was just so cool that it was there. And then we find that, okay, so... Death is around. Like, death, death, the horseman of death. Yeah, he emerges from the water at the end of this episode. Well, I'm not talking about that, but he is, because he's awake, I mean, he was there from the first one, and Pestilence is trying to, and remember how we said they both get stronger? Mm -hmm. They get more and more strong as as there's more horsemen. We learned that they can directly affect physical things in the world when the, the CDC suit is cut. Yes. Like they cut a hole yeah. in the suit yeah. to infect Pestilence her. Pestilence totally like slits yeah. open her suit and I was like losing my shit over that because I'm like, uh, isn't, isn't Pestilence just a spirit who like infects people? Like that's messed up. Okay. Why is he not, why has he not like pricked everyone so that they have an open sore for this, for this Pestilence <laughs> to like seep into? I think it's like, okay, into? so it's got to be like kind of like Voldemort in the sense that like you have to let your strength build up and like if you think of each of these horsemen as a horcrux as the horcruxes get closer okay, together now we're off the reservation You're totally in harry potter territory yeah. um but i will <laughs> I'm say i'm using an analogy so that other nerds can understand yeah um right, um but i also wanted to say the little cut in the suit totally reminded me of another film that orlando jones was in that I brought up before, Evolution, when the little bug slices open his containment suit and crawls inside. Okay, yes. fine, Evolution. I just, real quick, going back to Jackie and your shipping, did you see that piece of, um, of uh, it could be fan art that apparently uh, Nicole Bahari saw this no. week? It's, um, it's, it's, it's fan art. I'll, I'll give it that. 
It's uh, some naked fan art. Oh, it's that kind of fan. Art. Oh yeah, it's no. some shipping. I've already, fan art. I've already read some because the cast, uh, the cast and crew sometimes retweet uh, fan fiction. Fanfic. I've already read some Ick Abbey fanfic. Oh we, my god! We don't, we don't Wait, need... who's Irving being crossed with? Anybody? Irving? Ick Irving? <laughs> Ick Irving? I'm just I don't, saying. Not, nobody that I know of yet, but he should be. Yeah. I mean, Orlando Jones be. is a handsome yeah. man. He how about, deserves. How about Ick Andy? Ah, uh, he's dead though. I mean, I, that's weird. So is everyone else, really? Kind of. I guess. I mean, a <laughs> so whole town is, is dead. Else really, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about Ichabod's reunion with Katrina. We've been waiting for this for like many, many episodes. Some people have. I uh, no, just because of we need information. We yeah. need this plot forwarded, and he wants it so badly. And we know for sure now that she's in purgatory. Exactly. That she's in purgatory. She hasn't told Ichabod everything. And she has an amazing wardrobe designer. She has an amazing wardrobe designer. Men everywhere were happy this week. Ichabod certainly was. Ichabod certainly was. I, however, was not because she finally, she's about to be like, and I think I know why I'm here. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and I'm like, God damn it. I half expected her to be like, I know I am here. Tune in next week on another all new. Like, yeah, just was, like, it just, just spikes the camera. Yeah, just looks just right like, into it. It was just like one of those reality shows where it's like, and the winner is, uh, right after the break. Yes. I know. Oh, yeah. I was so mad. And I'm sure like, we're going to see more of Katrina. She's a series regular, so it's not like she's going away. But like, I wanted that reveal so badly. I want to, I want to throw a little, uh, skepticism your way there, Matt, with this reveal. Do it. So if Moloch is really the, the, the ferryman, and that was actually his job to choose where the souls go. I don't think he gets to choose. I think he just takes well, them. Well, yeah, there. he takes them where they're supposed to go. Yeah. And he's captured her soul to use her against Ichabod because she is bound for hell. Ooh. Because I really think, I think maybe there's either two outcomes on here. One is the, the spell that she cast on Ichabod is completely forbidden and it damned her soul or she gave up her, she Dude. might have given her soul to Moloch to save Ichabod. I could see that because there has to be something. It's it's too easy that they're just communicating like this without something else but at stake. No, no. She loves him too much to become a pawn that could potentially kill him. But that's also maybe she, maybe she can't she be used against him, but at the same directly. time she gave her soul yeah. to Moloch to save him. Steve mm. is saying that she sacrificed herself basically. So that he could be saved. Well, then why would she be like, I think I know why I'm here. She'd be like, I know why I'm here. It's because I actively did this thing. I think uh, there has to be some mystery there that she has since solved in being dead. That's the thing. But see, she's stuck in the world between worlds. Like, if she knew for sure, she, like, if she knew for sure this was uh, forbidden, because I'm jumping on this bandwagon, there's something weird going on with her. Right. But if she, but if she actively gave her soul. Then to she Moloch. would be in hell no. instead of in purgatory. No, she would be in purgatory because he's the master of purgatory and he has her soul. But Matt, I think she thinks that giving her soul to Moloch would mean he would send her to hell. I don't think she thinks it means he would hold her there oh, for a while yeah. to use against Ichabod. Got it. And I she's, think she's, she, she wants to tell Ichabod what she thinks she's she, there for, right. which would be she how she's, she's being used. She thinks she's there to be used against Ichabod and she doesn't want to tell him that because it'll drive him away from her. Um, why wouldn't she tell them tell him that because it might save his life if she loves him so much? My because she's having love. she's having a hard time connecting with him. <laughs> because she can't connect with him unless like he's like sleeping or like dying or yeah. in a coma. Well, you saw how shocked she was, shocked and concerned that he was there. Yeah. Cuz she's like if you're here that means you dead or at mm-hmm. least you're close. Uh, and He's only mostly dead. Mostly. <laughs> He's mostly dead. Humperdink. Mostly. Humperdink, humperdink, humperdink. Don't say that word. <laughs> what are you referencing? Oh, my God, Some Matt, movie I'm that everybody you. hates. What? Uh, is, is, is it Princess Bride? That, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's, let's, let's, Matt, you can't even do that about b- Before Princess fans Bride. kill you, Matt, let's, let's carry It's on. just one of those holes in my pop culture knowledge. Anyway. I'll watch, I'll watch the damn movie, okay? Fans, don't be mad at me. We're mad at you. I said that to the fans. We put, I'm still we mad the, at you for muting me. We're earlier. putting the mat in mad at you. So clothing. Oh, punjar. So Ichabod, um. Eight bucks. His, 
his clothes. Okay, I know that I made a big like fandom to do about his clothes in the last episode, right? And she and Abby in this episode is like, "You look good for two hundred, but a change of clothes wouldn't hurt." And then Matt sends me this article in which the producers say basically they're not having him change clothes for a while because they want him to feel uncomfortable yeah both because it puts him in these like really fun situations that make us laugh um like our like our moment with the razor this week yeah or the loofah like oh i hate those packaging yeah those packages are terrible yeah he he name checks plastic a few times in this episode he hates plastic so that keeps up the um it keeps like the the funny jokes that we love about him being out of place but it also keeps um the momentum of the show where mm-hmm. um, if he's feeling uncomfortable, he's going to keep moving right. to discover things. If he feels too comfortable in this world, he'll just sit and possibly not do anything. And possibly wonder about his sweet, sexy partner. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my love. Ever. My darling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was another piece. Oh, and they, sorry. So the, uh, so sorry. So somebody else pointed out, too, that I had totally forgotten. Like, I remembered he was in the shower because... Because how could you forget? Because how could I forget? But I had forgten that he washed his clothes. So I take it back. Yeah. Ichabod, you're not stinky. You're he's just not stinky. Old clothes. And he's he's moving into a rustic cabin because that's the right speed for him. He's moving into the cabin. The cabin. Um I love it. It's I think that's perfect for him. He can't be living in a motel. Yeah. And speaking of rule th- I mean, speaking of fanfics, I gotta talk about my plane flight today because the whole time I was thinking of what would it be like if Ichabod was on a plane? I know. Oh, yeah, and you so sent funny. off a stream of tweets that were beautiful. Here's, here's just a few. Why must I be removing my butts to pass through this inspection? Do you mean boots? Yeah, he means but, boots, I, it, not butts. No, bots. Bots. They're what they called boots back then. Okay. These blue-uniformed soldiers of this aerial station do not look up to be the basic physical standards. My favorite was the peanut one. I do enjoy peanuts. Mm -hmm. In response to someone saying, would you like some peanuts? Mm -hmm. I do enjoy peanuts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is going on? This metal capsule is shaking. Lieutenant, why must my tray table be up in its upright position? I did like that one too. Yeah, that was a really good one. I like one. to have fun with this show. Okay, guys. I, I want to talk this news and gossip because we're going to have at least. Because we're going to have at least another 10 minutes of speculation after this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, TV Guide posted a piece this week um, because of New York Comic Con. There was a panel, there was some footage shown. And uh, exclusive footage shown at New York Comic Con revealed that Ichabod's two leading ladies will have to team up to try and save him from a new evil in the November 4th episode. I know. Which, again, I'm like, how evil can Katrina be if she's also coming to Abby for help? I don't think she's evil. I think what Steve's point was is that she she's maybe put in a precarious position. Okay, fine. I, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but or she's a trap to lure Abby into help, it's quote unquote. Also, air quotes. Also possible. Uh, after a hilarious trip to a local baseball game, Ichabod's day takes a turn for the worse when he's abducted. Katrina then makes a surprising visit to Abby, warning that the headless horseman is returning to Sleepy Hollow that night, and only Ichabod can stop him. Katrina also dropped the game-changing revelation that she's found a way to reverse the spell she put on her husband, which bound his life to the horseman's. Ichabod simply has to be sanctified by a sin eater, uh, played by John Noble, who we saw in the preview for three weeks from now. Uh, while that sounds all fine and dandy, we have a feeling getting sanctified will be harder than it sounds. We also see the actor, I can't remember his name right now, that plays Dexter's brother in season one of Dexter. Uh, yes, who played that and was also on uh, True Blood yes. as that vampire, oh, that vampire who raped Tara in season ah! three. Wow, spoiler alert, Matt. Thank sorry. you. Well, it's, uh, okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, you want to go ahead and tell them what happens at the end of Breaking Bad, too? No, Matt? I don't want to tell them that. Uh, and we'd already addressed the, the bit about Crane's wardrobe, which uh, comes from a piece on Vulture about why why Sleepy Hollow became a breakout hit, detailing that Philip Iskov, the executive producer... That was a cool story. Yeah, he yeah. had never had a television professional television credit a before. He was UTA assistant. He was an assistant at UTA who had a clever take on the old tale, and his bosses liked it and set him up with their clients, uh, Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orkey of KO Paper Products. They brought in Len Wiseman, and thus a show was born. And they complement the show's 
fun atmosphere and tone and the great charismatic leads. And there's been an audience that's just found this show. And they're all super awesome. They and didn't they love use those it. words specifically. Yeah. But I do. Uh, you should follow Philip uh, Iskov on Twitter, though. I because, do. Yeah. I, I was talking to our fans, but you yeah. too. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. But he uh, he tweets all kinds of interesting things about the show, about television. So yeah. you should check it out. You know, in many ways, he's one of us. He's never had a show before. He's never written for TV before. He's just someone who loves the medium and had a great story to tell. And I think we should show him all the support that we can. Yeah. Because I think it's his influence, potentially, that's making this show so fun and great and fresh. Totally fresh. Totally. All right. Now I want to talk about a gripe that I have <laughs> against uh, Fox and the world of sports. So every fall, and I totally forgot about this, as I do every year, Fox has its shows go on hiatus for a few weeks, three weeks, because the World Series is coming up and they preempt everything for baseball, which is total BS because we're not going to get to see the show again until November 4th. But do you like how we're going to see a, them at a baseball game after them preempting television for baseball? I'll admit, the <laughs> irony is syrupy rich, okay? But I'm not happy, and you shouldn't be either. And we need to make sure that when the show comes back, everyone tunes in. The ratings cannot drop, okay? If they drop a single point from the way that they are now, the future of our favorite show may be at stake. We alone have the potential to change our fate. If you could change your fate, would you? <laughs> I would, because I want this show to run the full seven seasons. I would too. You would too. I would turn into a bear. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. A well, little bear in the I would ground. I would turn I into a bear. I thought we were referencing I, Brave. We, we were. We were. Yeah. We were. We just were hoping that you'd go full Irish, full Irish on us. I pledge allegiance to the. Oh, I can't do an flag. Irish accent, but I can do a bear. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! That killed the music. Oh yeah, yeah, the music and that, the music died. But point being, keep with the Irish accent. Point being, we need to support this show. <laughs> To make sure that it goes on for many, many years to come. Most shows. I she was Scottish. Most shows she was, but <laughs> I'm going to be Irish from now on. Most shows never uh, on Fox never recover from the baseball preemption. You look at New Girl; it had a four-zero in the demo. Four-zero. A four-zero, which is unheard of nowadays. And then when it came back, it had lost two million viewers in two the demo. Two million. Two million. It's it, that's it's preposterous. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. So we must all throw us apart behind the show and behind Philip Iskov, our yeah. brave executive producer. As we get in predictions. And now, are you guys okay in there? Sometimes, sometimes, Steve, I wonder, do we have too much fun? And you can never have too much fun. That's the thought I have after that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jackie. It's the thought I have here. It's the thought I have in watching Sleepy Hollow. All right, Jackie, what do you think is going to happen three weeks from now? Um, we know about the baseball game and that he's kidnapped. We know that the the Headless Horseman is back, and he's on his way back to town. Uh, for whatever reason, didn't keep his AK-47 under the water where where he was staying. <laughs> where he was taking a nap. Yeah, he's taking a headless nap. <laughs> You know. Um, He's resting in his body. Right. What do you think? Um, I think that I, I agree with Steve that could that something is weird with Katrina mm -hmm. and that um she like she and Abby will have to work together, but I think it might reveal something else about Katrina and why she's stuck there and what that situation is exactly. Okay. Steve, what do you think? I think you should go next. Okay. Uh, I th there's a few things, you know, just going over all the footage that we saw at the end of the episode tonight. Um, I didn't see Jenny anywhere. See, this is another thing that a fan told me. She's on Nikita. Mm -hmm. So my guess is because they set this up for her to be, uh, in the back, she has to go back in the asylum before Abby can get her right, out Right, and she's going to release her in six months. Yeah, I feel like she's going to come out, like, in the last couple of episodes of the season. Yeah. Uh, she'll either come out by the finale or she'll come back in the second season. Didn't see her. I think we're definitely meeting all of our covens 
in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, got to. Got yeah. to know what's going on And like that. the horseman's head is back in play. We saw it. We saw it from behind. Um, and I'm curious how the horseman gets it and what happens when he does. Uh, I don't know if we're going to meet another horseman this season, but I do agree with the TV guide uh, prediction that the that getting sanctified by the Sin Eater is going to be more difficult than it looks. John Noble booked for at least three episodes, uh, potentially more, and I'm so glad to see him on the show. I love him. I love him from Fringe. He 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 was robbed of his Emmy like three years running um, for playing so many sides of his character on that show. I, I'm just stoked to see what he brings to the table. And I think we're going to see our leads get closer. Closer. Yeah. Closer. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that Frank knows that Andy's alive as a zombie. I think so, too. I think that's probably the one person Ooh. that... I think that's the one thing that would make Frank kind of more believing in the story. And I That's think, interesting. I think yeah. that would be the one thing that would make... Uh, Andy would be able to tell Frank things that he wouldn't be able to tell the witnesses without... Molak. Right. Deciding to want to kill him. But why why wouldn't he tell Abby about this? I feel like Frank knows a lot more than he's telling people because he did tell he did tell uh police officer D bag that Luke Morales. Yeah, just his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did tell him, assume I know everything. Yeah. And I feel that was another like that was an aside to the audience too, because he he seems to be a little too, without having seen too much, mm-hmm. he seems to be a little too giving to be like, okay, Ichabod, you come here and help out. Okay, Abby, you want to go do that? That's fine. And I think without having seen all the things that Ichabod and Abby have seen, mm-hmm. he's still he's still willing to give up a lot. And I, I mean, I understand he has a trust in Abby, but he has no real reason to trust Ichabod. So my guess is that he knows a lot more than he's letting on, and he knows that Andy's alive. Assume he knows everything. Okay, fair enough. I got a song just for uh, just for going out tonight, you know. Because is it what's love got to do? With no, it? no. It's it's actually oh. more in response to. We didn't have a song this back. week. Yes, yeah. so that was sad. We're rocking it out. Oh yeah, you know, because he's back in the saddle again, guys. Three weeks from now, that's true. Three weeks from now, we're gonna have some sleepy hollow madness going on with you guys. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for tuning in. Yeah, uh, Jackie, where can the people find you? At one two three Jackie underscore B on Twitter, and at one two three Jackie B all one thing on Instagram. And Jackie is spelled J A C Q U E. Find us and join the conversation. Yes, and they can find you on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland here on AfterBuzz TV. That too. Please that- watch that. That too. Stephen Lemieux, where can the people find you? You can find me engineering these great shows here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, or uh, doing the South Park After Show Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Awesome. Definitely tweet at us. We like to have little funny Ichabod tweets now and then. Hooray. Hooray. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sons of Anarchy after shows. I just want to quickly plug something. One of our hosts here at AfterBuzz, Steph Z, is taking part in a program called The Friend Movement. Uh, they are traveling across the country from Chicago to New York on foot to promote uh, uh, awareness about bullying in schools. You can check that out at friendmovement.com or at friendmovement on Twitter. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you in three weeks. Stay tuned! From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good, Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 